You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Greetings. (laughs) Greetings. This is the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Every week, we get together here to talk about mortgages, real estate, whatever else we want to talk about. I'm Paul Stevenson. I am one of the owners of Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa. I'm also a mortgage agent, and I'm joined as always by Greg Campbell, who is a partner over at Blue Panda in Orleans, and David Warren, who is my business partner here at Referral Mortgages and also a mortgage agent. And you can watch or listen to the podcast on YouTube and on the podcast service of your choice, where it posts every Tuesday, 10 (laughs) a.m. And if you're interested, you can also listen to the show live Friday mornings, 10 a.m., here on our Facebook page. And we'd also like to just give a quick shout out to our sponsor, North Brew Coffee. Uh, North Brew is a, is a locally owned and operated coffee company. And you can use the podcast, the code podcast, when you check out at northbrew.ca and you get 20% off all of your coffee orders. Gentlemen, how's the week going? How are we doing? How are we doing? Great. We're doing great. Paul, I love that little intro. It looked like you were reading something. Were you reading from scripts? Yeah. <laughs> Well, as, you, as as we've seen over the last, uh, wow, my camera is just flip flopping here. Uh, as we've seen over the last month, my uh, my intros are pretty sporadic. So I figured, uh, yeah. let me write it down. Let me make it official. Good. <laughs> write it down. You, you write it down. You just you know you practice it ten times and you just become second nature. That's it. Yeah, my lean. I definitely had a serious lean though. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get a yeah. full, you're gonna you might get blinded by the light. We're here see, up, yeah, we're seeing the, the dome. Scalp, you know, yeah, in the dome piece. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I have some news. Uh, I have some news about our sponsor. I was actually over at North Brew yesterday at the new head- headquarters. It's uh, Canatech. Oh, sweet! Uh, that's where, that's where we started. Yeah. yeah, I know. And uh, anyway, so th- the reason we didn't get the shirts is because their uh, their press broke down and malfunctioned. They were waiting for a part, uh, and it's very difficult to get. So, anyways, yesterday. Um, James was, uh, kind enough to give me the t-shirts and the, um, uh, what do they call it? Like the design, I know yeah. there's a term for them and I'm going to take them to print. Well, and silk we're going to, uh, I'm going to get it done. It's not silk screen. It's uh, for the heat press. They use a heat press, okay. but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. whatever. Anyways. So yeah. I've got, cool. I've got, uh, the, all we had was dark blue. So I've got four dark blue shirts guys. And, uh, Wicked. I have two, two of one, one style of logo and two of uh, the other side style. So I'll just, uh, I'm going to get them done and then uh, I'll deliver them to you. And you can fantastic. I, I decided this morning too, uh, while I was getting ready that I need a toe wrap hat. So I'm just going to go get one. Start wearing it around. Rub hats. Yeah. Gotta get some nice hats. Yeah. 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 For the sun. For the sun. To protect my to protect my scalp. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how was the week going? I know uh things have bounced out. Greg, you were giving us some stats before we we came online here about uh Orleans and and some of the prices kind of bouncing out as we we kind of expected. But uh maybe you want to share that just so everyone knows where the numbers sit. Yeah, it's it's a pretty. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest. Uh, the average of residential sales, and well, uh, residential sales across the board, like any type of home, um, I just kept it uh, vague to get a general idea. But the average list price was six hundred and sixty thousand, and the average sale price was six hundred and sixty five thousand. Hmm. So I thought that was something nice. There wasn't a big, you know, there's still some homes that are selling higher, but on average, there's only a $5,000 difference. So that's, that's definitely a good sign that things are, are cooling down a bit. 
Um, however, of course I, I was in on uh, multiples the other day and you know, we, we lost by 50, I think yesterday and the day before we lost by 110. Oh, wow. That was in Sandy Hill. But, uh, anyways, that one had seven offers. That was an exceptional property. It was priced. I think it was priced competitively. So, I mean, it's still happening, but then we're seeing homes, uh, conditional sales. I was involved in a conditional sale. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's balancing out a bit now. It seems conditions you say conditions. Yeah. Hmm. Financing conditions, uh, which I think are a positive. And even, even for my sellers, uh, if someone's coming in with a, a financing condition on it now, I'm kind of saying like, you know what, for your property and for the way the market's moving, it might be a good idea to have the financing condition. in. uh, you know, yeah. what do you guys it's think always, about that? It's always good to have, if it's possible at any point, we'll never tell you to leave a financing condition out. Um, it's, if you, if one can be included, include it, it protects you, the buyer it protects the seller. Um, especially if there's something wonky in your file, if you're, you know, if it's a new to Canada, you know, new to Canada or a stated income, you know, it's not just a straightforward, um, income structure. Uh, you know, it's always good to have it in if, if possible, obviously there's, you know, those instances where it's multiple offers, like you said, and, and, and it's tough to put it in, but you know, in that case, just, you know, doing the due diligence ahead of time, providing, you know, the person that you're working with, the mortgage professional you're working with, with that listing ahead of time before putting the offer. So they know and can see, um, what that, you know, do all the numbers, make sure that everything looks good. But, but right now, um, and I know we were talking kind of messaging about it the other day, um, is, is that it's, it, it is really tough right now with the banks as well. So for any of you realtors out there, uh, or clients that, that it's not only, um, it's not your, uh, mortgage broker or, or bank professional that's, that's sitting on their hands, uh, on a file. It's, it's that they're, you know, in some cases they're taking, um, you know, three, four weeks to get approvals, uh, sometimes longer, depending on the bank. Um, you know, I, I submitted one for a purchase, uh, June 9th and just got the approval back this morning. Um, and that was with a major bank, you know, goes by a big wow. green logo. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, just to give an idea of, of how long it could, could possibly take. And, and that was a purchase. Luckily it's, you know, it's a new build, not closing for a little while. So it definitely got bumped down in the queue, but, um, you know, it's something to be cognizant of for, for all those realtors out there, you know, setting quick closings, like anything under four weeks is, is it? you know, extremely mm-hmm. tough. There's some lenders that'll be quicker on turnarounds, but, but certainly by and large, you know, set those closing dates four weeks plus out. Um, because it's not just the getting an approval back, but appraisals as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, appraisers, there's just not enough of them every, you know, I think we've talked about this before, basically most all, um, uh, purchases, you know, purchases, refinances, refinances all required appraisal, but also most purchases do as well. And, uh, and there's not enough appraisers. It's not like an, it's not an industry where there's a lineup of, uh, of people joining the industry, uh, to help, you know, uh, lighten the load, uh, for the ones existing that have the experience. So, you know, it can take two, three, four weeks to just, just to get an appraisal back. Um, so, you know, there's that component as well, which, which adds, uh, adds to it. So just for any realtors out there, any buyers, you know, certainly be cognizant of that when, when, when going in with offers. Yeah. And I think, I think it's about time it, it changes cause, uh, you know, there's a lot of buyer fatigue. I mean, I'm seeing it 100%. 
there's buyer fatigue and then there's still sellers coming in. I heard, I heard of one the other day where it was, it was listed, uh, in the high, well, it was listed. Yeah. No one's listening. It was listed at 800. <laughs> I'll just give yeah. the exact number. It was listed <laughs> at 800 and, uh, they got an offer close to a million bucks and they turned it down and they took it off the market because they were expecting over a million bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's that going on too. So, I mean, uh, you know, I think there's agent fatigue <laughs> as, as well, but, uh, the conditions would be like, uh, like I've said before, it's a happy, happy return to some type of normalcy and, uh, just more, um, what's the word I'm looking for guys. What's the word I'm looking for? Stable stability, stability, stability in offers and agreements. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Agreed. It, uh, it makes things a lot less stressful for everyone involved. Yeah. Yeah. Including, <laughs> including the, the, the home buyers, you know, like I've, I've, I know I've, I always say this in my emails to clients, but you know, when I'm introducing him to you, Greg, I, I say like, you know, this process of working with the two of us will make things smooth and less or, or like more seamless. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to mm-hmm. buckshot or learn from a friend or do something on your own, like it, it can certainly create some hiccups. And even as we just said, like in, even when dealing with professionals, there's still delays that are out of our control and there's things that just happen that, that, you know, you, you have yeah. to be prepared and be properly educated as we keep alluding to. Um, one thing we have been seeing on our side a lot is uh, we've been seeing a lot of refinances this year. Um, where people are, you know, existing homeowners that are looking to access some of that equity and, and, you know, invest into other properties. And, and Greg, I know I've, uh, you know, we've connected on a few of those where we've had clients from a few years ago that, uh, you know, they've seen their value go up pretty substantially over the last few years and interest rates are low. So it made sense for them to, to kind of refinance or restructure their mortgage and pull out some of that equity. And Dave, maybe if you can, do you want to just, uh, tell the listeners kind of what exactly is a refinance and some of the reasons that people might, might do that and and some of the advantages. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, as you alluded to, we've certainly been seeing, and I think all, all the banks have been seeing record numbers of appraisals across the country and and why also this backlog with, with the lenders, um, with home values going up, especially in Ottawa, you know, we keep talking about the percentage gains or month over month or year over year. Um, a lot of homeowners that have a property, um, their primary residence, you know, they've had it for a few years, typically under, you know, even only two years, one year, three years, uh, the home value has gone up. And so certainly a, a, a strategy, uh, for acquiring rental properties, if that's a goal of yours, that, uh, it's not saving up, you know, you do need a minimum of 20% down to purchase a rental property, but you know, most, most investors are not going out working and saving that 20%, buying one property, going out, saving up 20%, buying another property. Uh, they're leveraging their existing portfolio or le- leveraging their primary residence. So, you know, value's gone up. You can refinance up to 80% of the appraised value of the home. Uh, so whatever your current mortgage is and up to 80% of the appraised value, that you can pull out that difference or that delta in equity uh, and use this to purchase you know, another property. So it's a great way of you know, leveraging and, and, and speeding up your path to, you know, uh, your, you know, to home ownership and, 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 or building your rental property portfolio, if that's a goal of yours. And, uh, and certainly one that, that this past two years, you know, a couple of years, uh, especially that I've seen a huge ramp up of 
uh, people doing this just with home values jumping so quickly where even they bought it a year ago, they maybe bought a townhome in Stittsville or a townhome in Orleans. You know, we talked about home values in January being up a hundred thousand dollars over um, last year. So, you know, that increase of a hundred thousand from 2020 to 2021, I mean, that equates to 80,000 that somebody that you could pull out uh, of your, of your home to purchase a rental property. And, and really, you know, just from the numbers, that's getting you a place of 400,000. So it's a great way of, of kind of expediting that and, and doing the same, you know, acquiring that rental property and then, you know, maybe getting rents up or even as is and, you know, letting it go another year, two years, go up in value. And if, you know, well, we're hoping for some stability, as Greg said, in, in pricing, yeah. but, but, you know, if it does continue a little bit of this trajectory, you know, maybe you're able to access some equity uh, in a couple of years or five years to, you know, to pull out that equity and, and leverage again. Um, whenever refinancing, it's tax-free money. So it's not money you claim as income either. Um, so it is certainly, you know, a great way to, to build that portfolio because saving up that down payments ta- after tax dollars and, uh, and is more costly. So uh, it's certainly something that we've been seeing and, uh, and seeing, you know, very, very regularly. Yeah, I had a very unique situation yesterday mm-hmm. where I had two clients that were currently own a home in Canada. Uh, value was roughly uh, 700000 They were being offered one of their parents' home to basically assume it because the parents were buying a condo. And they were debating whether or not they should convert their property, their current property, to a rental or sell it because the property has literally doubled in value. They bought it at three fifty. dollars It's now worth 700000 uh, and in four years and, wow. uh, and their parents' place is also worth 700,000. So they could literally just port the mortgage from one property to another if they moved, or they could do what Dave said, kind of, you know, pull some of the equity out of that first home and then basically take over their parents. But then it run into, runs into, this is what made me think of it, Dave, because of the capital gains is if they now convert that property to a rental, then when they do sell it, it's now an investment, right? So they're going to be paying some capital gains on that. Whereas if they sell it currently as their primary home, they can take all that, you know, that sale, uh, all the equity in the home, basically the sale proceeds uh, without having to worry about that tax. So they're, they're kind of just, you know, mulling over all the options. But I mean, we've seen a lot of that in Ottawa recently with home values just skyrocketing. Um, and some of the other reasons that people refinance too are, you know, consolidating debt. So if people have, you know, if you've been without work or, or what have you in the last a uh, little while. I mean, there are ways that you can you can kind of restructure your mortgage to to access some of that that equity to pay off some debt or consolidate it. Uh, investing both in real estate, but also you know in the market as as things kind of climb back. There's a lot of sound investments you can make. Uh, and then one of the other things is just basically getting a better interest rate. So interest rate savings. So you know, there's a lot of people that are still kind of in that you know high two, low three range. And there are certain circumstances where it makes sense to actually pay the penalty with your current lender to restructure the mortgage and then, uh, you know, lock in at the kind of one and a half to 2% range that we're in now, uh, which, you know, over, if you have still have two or three years left, you can very likely make that penalty back just in interest and payment savings over the coming two to three years. So there's lots of reasons why people do this, but we're, we're definitely seeing it more frequently. Um, and I apologize, Greg, for cutting you off there. I think, think you were going to respond to something Dave said, and then I just went on a bit of a tangent. No, 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 that's, that's good. <laughs> and now I have something I want to ask you, Paul. Yeah. Um, shoot. So the, when someone's, you know, consolidating debt and refinancing, like they have to be approved to qualify for the refinance though. Right. 
Not with us. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> we just give money away. Uh, no, no, they do. So it's it's very similar to as if they were buying a home. Like the the the, right. ratio, the debt ratios and so on need to be in line. Um, but oftentimes, you know, you know, incomes increase over time. You know, debts usually decrease. And, and a lot of the time, when they're qualifying, like if we look at just their income and their current debts, if they have say forty thousand dollars in consumer debts or car loans or things like that, that really kind of skyrockets their, you know, what we call debt ratio. So the percentage of their actual annual income that's being used for the mortgage and all of their debts. Right. So by consolidating it into the mortgage at a much lower interest rate, the payments are decreased, which then kind of allows them to, um, well, saves them on interest, obviously, but it also lowers their payment on a monthly basis. So their, their percentage of their income that's being used for their debts actually lowers pretty substantially because instead of, you know, 5,000 a month, they need to commit to their debts. It now, you know, adds maybe an extra three or $400 to their mortgage payment because it's amortized over 25 years right. instead of maybe right. five, you know? Um, so it lowers their monthly obligation, which then allows them to have a bit more cash on a monthly basis and, and get them in a better financial position. But so another question to that. So let's say for the last year, someone's been on CERB and they have a mm-hmm. hundred thousand in equity in their house and they want to pull out 25,000. Is that even like, will someone do that for them? So the or do they, own, need, or they need proof that they will have a job at some point. So it's a yes and a no. So with a traditional bank, no, they, they need Correct. to have a stable income and, and they could have been on CERB and out of work, but now back to like guaranteed hours because, you know, things have opened up and they can get a letter of employment that states they have guaranteed hours and provide a regular pay stub. And maybe they were out of work the last 12 months, but have started back, you know, as of today, because, you know, maybe their industry just opened up today. Um, and that would be fine. But if you're currently still on CERB, then, then no, uh, they, they need that a regular conventional bank or what's called, or, or an A bank. Um, they, they require that income for alternative lenders. So, you know, alternative lenders, you've got a, you got one silo of your traditional a banks, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have alternative lenders, which, you know, you've got B, uh, B like banks or B banks. Um, and, and there are some programs that will lend based on the equity in the home. So we'll still allow you to refinance, you know, up to 75% uh, of the value of the home with based based on just the equity. Now your interest rate is, you know, is substantially higher. It's obviously premiumed because there's no proof of income um, and things like that. So there's a higher risk of default associated. But if that's something that somebody needs, because maybe they have been on CERB and, you know, they need to pay off some debt and really kind of Mm -hmm. eating, eating that higher payment rate or, or higher rate is maybe still worthwhile because they're, paying off, you know, a car loan that's killing them at $800 a month or something like that. And maybe it, it makes sense from a cash flow standpoint, but right. so it's a yes and no. Um, yes and no question. Um, but there's options. I mean, there's options for everybody, obviously. Yeah. It no, just for depends sure. on, on what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're like Baskin Robbins, you know, yeah. we got, uh, we got a lot of flavors over here. <laughs> I, and I was going to say something to, to what Paul was mentioning too, about the debt consolidation and things like that. So, f- you know, for a lot of people, they might've bought a home where they bought it at 10% down or under 20% down. And they can, the maximum they can qualify at is a 25 year amortization. Um, so an amortization is the length of time to pay off the mortgage and anything under 20%, the longest you can go is 25 years. Now on a refinance, 
or a conventional mortgage, uh, you can go as long as a 30-year amortization. So let's say somebody only qualified based on 20% down or 10% down rather for 400,000. And they say, well, we've got some equity, but we didn't, you know, that was our max qualifying. Well, we can likely qualify you for a higher amount on that refinance uh, because we're going to 80%. It's a conventional mortgage where we're able to stretch that amortization, which, you know, really allows for the payments or to kind of eat up some of that equity just by playing with that amortization. So, um, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe you bought a home a year ago or two years ago and, and we, you were at your max, but, but by refinancing, we can play with the numbers a little bit by playing with that amortization, which lowers your monthly payment and allows us to increase that loan amount. So there are some, some ways in which you can play with it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I just uh that actually just happened with uh with another one of my clients. We did a we were re basically refinancing she wanted to access a little bit of equity to do some renovations, but we were able to actually consolidate um car loan and a few other uh pieces of of uh, like ex current debt to consolidate it all together and actually did it over 30 years instead of the 25 to make sure that the numbers all worked. But again, like, you know, it's probably going to save her close to $1500 a month in in credit obligations, you know, payments. So that's, that's cash in her pocket now that she can either Huge. rapidly pay down the mortgage. Like she, you know, we, we qualified her on the 30 year amortization, but most lenders will actually allow you to increase your mortgage payments by up to 20%. So, you know, right. for payments, $2,000, you know, she can increase that to 2,400 and then extra $400 every month goes directly to the principal. So, I mean, she can cut that amortization back to 25 by just increasing mm -hmm. her payments, mm -hmm. you know, uh, proactively, you know, so there's lots of flexibility. Most lenders are, are pretty good about that. You know, they, they kind of understand the full financial picture and they're certainly not trying to pin you to the ground and make a default. I mean, they want you to be able to make your payments. That's, you know, that's their business. So, uh, most of our lenders are pretty understanding of that. And, and, you know, to your point, Greg, earlier about turn times and stuff like that. I mean, our relationships are very strong with, uh, both clients, but also lenders and, and lenders are, are, you know, they they, they know that when we send them a file that we've done our due diligence and we understand what the client's goals are and so on. And we give them a very clear picture. And that does help with turn times because, you know, they know that they're getting a fully underwritten kind of reviewed file with, with clear notes, as opposed to, you know, some, some brokers and banks will send in applications that just say, you know, looking to buy a home 5% down, you know, please approve. You know, it's like, well, what the, <laughs> what do you want me to do yeah. with this? You know? So you got to be thorough in, in your notes and, uh, and those relationships obviously go a long way, but, um, but yeah, refinancing is definitely something that, you know, I think in the past, uh, getting, you know, doing a refi or, or getting a second to invest in another property was definitely like, you know, our parents would be, Oh, don't be getting a second mortgage. You're, you're basically a bankruptcy when you do that. Um, but there are ways that you can leverage the equity that you do have. And, and, um, you know, the home ownership, once you're in the home, there's lots of creative ways that you can structure things and, and kind of benefit from that equity that you've built up through your payments. And and in some cases, you know, if you have a rental property already in your portfolio, when you're refinancing that rental property, you're increasing the loan, which the interest on that loan is tax deductible as well. So you're not only getting tax free, um, like the, you know, the the refinance, the proceeds from that refinance are are, are tax free, but you're also you also have the tax advantage of that that interest write down, um, and let's say you know you were debating whether to refinance or sell. Well, if you go and sell, really the difference of because there's going to be twenty percent equity 
remaining in the property because you can only refinance up to 80%. Well, something to consider is um, the, the true cost of selling the home as well. So paying fees, paying legal fees, uh, all of that, that, you know, you might, there might only be a difference of, of actual equity of 15%. So you might be better off leveraging that property, refinancing, you know, taking that to either do something else with, maybe pay down your personal mortgage or, or invest in the market or buy another rental property. Um, but there's also, you know, we, I know we've talked a lot and there's obviously a lot of uh, new builds going on in the city. People's per, you know, signed purchase agreements two years ago. It's not uncommon. Um, in some cases, even longer than that. And value of that, that home on that new build has gone up by the time you close on it. You know, the banks will only finance um, the higher of the purchase price, uh, sorry, the lower of the purchase price or the appraised value. So um, if you're purchasing a, pro- a new build for 600,000, the appraisal is at 700 um, because you signed it a couple of years ago, the bank will only finance at 600,000 on closing. However, there are some banks that will allow you to refinance you know, basically right after closing. So you could close on it, maybe set it into a, a variable rate mortgage, something like that, where your penalties minimize and go and refinance it right away to, to pull that equity out, to leverage that uh, right. pretty well immediately. So, you know, these are just conversations to have with the uh, person you're working with so that, you know, they can ensure that the mortgage you're getting into it, you know, you're, you're, you know, minimizing the penalty or kind of that penalty risk mitigation, if you will, and uh, and as well structuring it properly to kind of make sure that it's aligned with your goals too. Uh, and sometimes it's not all about rate. You know, if you're wanting to, you know, get it, you know, refinance it right away. Well, you know, have that conversation because you know, getting into a fixed mortgage because of the the rate um, might not be adequate because the penalty is going to be substantial. Um, so you want to, you know, kind of look into that as well and, and set those goals and have those conversations. Those aren't things that you need to, you know, hide from your mortgage professional. Like if you, if you want to re if you're thinking of refinancing that home or that new build or selling it off quickly or something of that nature, have these conversations up front so that you can plan accordingly and, uh, and minimize your, your costs down the road. But, um, yeah, that's, Sorry, I was just going to say, uh, just because we're talking about new builds, I just wanted to interject quickly. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that uh, builders are now, um, they're cooperating more. There's some builders now that are cooperating with realtors um, how they used to, as opposed to uh, you know the lottery system in the auction style. So I guess uh, for some builders in some areas, things are kind of stabilizing a bit. I'm going to use that word again, stabilizing, mm-hmm. uh, where they're, I'm getting emails saying like, we're cooperating at this percentage. Uh, these are our incentive packages, bring your buyers. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. You know? So just for those of you out there who, you know, as we've said, a lot of people are getting lost. Like I want to get a new build and I'm just like, no, it's impossible. You can't do it. Now it's the, I'm seeing some type of, uh, light, where um, it's a little bit easier to navigate. And are those builders, are those builders the same ones that were shunning realtors six months ago? No, no. These builders never really shunned. I wouldn't say it wasn't uh, the ones that we spoke of earlier. Uh, You know, a couple I've already, I had some good relationships with, but I know I'm not the only one getting these, these emails. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just good to see. Cause I basically, you know, even, even talking to them in the past, it was, you know, they were saying the same thing. No, you're it's first come first serve whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And now they're like, I messaged them like, what, what do you have? And then they're like, Oh, we have this and we're offering this and, you know, bring your buyers. I'm like, okay. 
New movie so starring uh, realtors called The Shunning. The Shunning, yeah. <laughs> oh man, just horror I, stories I, about dealing with, <laughs> with builders. It, I, it's interesting too. I've been. I have some clients that are closing on new builds in September and October that signed purchase agreements, you know, a year and a half ago, and the same builders are asking for an updated uh, pre-approval letter, which I think is. With it, which I think is interesting, maybe, and I don't know if that's because they've been having, and these are major builders in the in the city, uh, and I don't know what the, what the reasoning is. I mean, um, you know, whether it's because of the rule changes or whether they've been having clients not close on properties, uh, or what the or what the cause of it is, or but uh, but have you have you been having any of these requests uh, at all, Greg? Like updated uh, no, I, I haven't. No, I haven't been involved in any new builds where that's been happening, and on yeah. uh, and on any resales, it hasn't come up at all. That's <laughs> very interesting, though, for sure. I mean, I guess you know it comes down to what we were saying earlier too. It's just protection, yeah, for for both parties. You know, mm-hmm. definitely for both parties. It's not just like one side's all like, ah, nah, forget about it. It's like, no, man, like, just the this is good, a good thing for you. Yeah. And that's like I said to like, my, we got an offer on one and had a financing condition and he was asking about it. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I would, I would take it, man. I'm mm-hmm. like, I would take it. He goes, but then it's not for, I'm like, I'm like, no, but you know what? I go, if for whatever reason, this guy's, you know, they're, they're approved. They wouldn't be shopping if they're not approved. And, you know, but this will confirm that they're approved for your house at that price and chances of it closing are, you know, basically a hundred percent. Um, we al- always, whenever I pre-approve clients too, and I, I know David, you do this as well. We, we always offer to provide them a pre-approval letter as well yeah. to include with their offer, because it just, just goes that extra way to say like, yeah. even, and this is before even the chaos happened the last 18 months. Like, I think even when you're putting in a financing condition, having that letter in there is just that extra little bit of credibility yeah. that it's more of a formality. Like we're putting this in here to protect ourselves, but here's a letter from my broker saying that we've already been fully underwritten, pre-approved, et cetera. So it's really just that time frame of getting the firm approval from the lender. And it's, it really is just that formality of that security for the, for the buyer. And we, we always, we make sure to that that letter is also specific to that property. So whenever I'm providing a letter mm-hmm. to the client, it's because they've them and the realtor have forwarded me that listing and I've vetted the numbers on that property for that client, what their max is. Um, you know, the max isn't in that letter, it's but it is specific to that property stating we've vetted, you know, their income, their documents, all of that for, you know, X address. And uh, and like Paul said, it definitely goes a long way because it it demonstrates that you've actually had, mm-hmm. you know. XYZ street vetted as opposed to just a general, like, you know, we've talked about before, just the, the general number on a napkin, uh, you know, pre-qualification that, you know, the, the bank will spit out because you told them what you make. And a personalized um, letter never hurts. You know, when I was selling my yeah. place recently, I got a few, uh, few letters of people, uh, talking about, you know, loving the neighborhood and raising their family. And, eh, you know, it helped a little. Letters are good. Hey, I've, I, I've, I've been hey, using them again with, uh, with my guys. Yeah. Pull on the heartstrings, you know, just, uh, Hey, but the, the eyes, the eyes always go to the purchase, the offer price. It's, oh, uh, for the, letter, sure. For sure. the, the letter gets thrown over the shoulder and, uh, right to the purchase price. Let's be honest here. If there's two, two, two similar offers, one has a letter, yeah. one doesn't. The yeah, letter's yeah, winning most of sure. the time. You know, it's those little things. They, uh, they yeah. push you over the edge. Agreed. Well, um, kind of, uh, over the edge, should we uh, get to the mood boost? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> boost, do it. Boost, boost our moods, Paul. So I have five today. 
I'm going hard. Wow. Hard in the paint. Wow. Um, yeah. It is Canada themed. You know, we're coming uh, Canada Day week and uh, I wanted to keep it Canadian. So here we go. Number one, why are Canadian students so smart? They get a lot of A's. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number two, how do you stop bacon? So curling, obviously a big sport in Canada. How do you stop bacon from curling in the frying pan? Take away its broom. Mm. Mm. Eh. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have talked about curling as a sport before the yeah. line. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> how do you get a Canadian to apologize? Step on their foot. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> we apologize for that's, everything. That's funny. Yeah. I've actually, uh, you know, before I get to number four and five, I've actually tried to make a point to say excuse me instead of sorry all yeah. the time. Yeah. Because it's like you bump into something. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Excuse me is the proper term. Um, <laughs> number four. I, hopefully these are better. I'm, I'm sw- swinging missing here. <laughs> uh, someone tried to sell me Canada, but I was having none of it. Wow. 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 Okay. Just crickets. And uh, number five, <laughs> pirate jokes always win. Why did the pirate move to Winnipeg? Oh my God. Wow. I fucked it up. Why did, <laughs> never mind. That's the end of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, the joke is why did the pirate move to Manitoba? And he heard <laughs> he could win a peg. Oh man, that would have been that would have been a great one to close on. That's, yeah, that's that, a good that, one. That, yeah, that would have been one face. for five. Just that would have been one for face. five. You you struck out. You just went over five on that one. Oh, <laughs> I need a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. thanks for tuning in, everyone. Right. Not embarrassed. <laughs> uh, we'll come back heavy next week. We'll come back heavy. Five. I had five. Yeah, we had five, 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 and swings. five terrible ones. Actually, four good ones and one, you know, four, one four good one. One good one, just you, yeah. you messed it up. Yeah, I like, I like, I like three. I like the number three. I like three every week. Yeah, three's mm. good. three's good. I'll come. <laughs> just yeah. a number three. <laughs> three. Uh, as always, as always, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for your support and your. Uh, I don't know why, but you keep coming back and listening to us week after week, and we just ban- banter about real estate. So it's qu- it's it's nice. Uh, we really enjoy doing this. So thanks for your support. As always, uh, the show will be released. Well, if you're listening to it, it's been released Tuesday mornings, 10 o'clock on uh, Facebook, basically anywhere, podcast platforms, YouTube, et cetera. And if you go to northbrew.ca and use the promo code podcast, you can get 20% off your coffee orders. Shout outs to James and uh, the North Brew crew. And we'll get our t-shirts uh, buzzing. And uh, I'm going to look into that hat. Let me get a nice Tilly hat or something with the toe rep. Need some hats. Yeah. Some Tilly for sure. <laughs> tilly. And, and all, all you buyers and sellers tilly. out there, just keep at it. Just keep working. Keep moving. If you got you got a dream, push push forward. <laughs> you can get there with the help of experts <laughs> like us. Like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, gentlemen, enjoy the uh, Canada Day weekend. Yeah. Yes, you as you well. Do. This you will be well. uh, aired afterwards, but uh, <laughs> hopefully hope everyone, everyone listening had a great safe Canada Day. <laughs> Past tense. Yeah. Past tense. We'll see you, uh, we'll see you in a few days. We'll see you Friday. <laughs> see you All right. Friday. Okay. All right. Deuces, gentlemen. Later, guys.
The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.